Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Chapter Brothers. My name is Nick Ackerman. And my name is Kevin Ackerman. And we're going to talk about Oracle in the Mountain. Let's do it. Indeed, we're... You know, uh, stopped right at uh, Roland is waking up from his dream of uh, Susan dying, and all of a sudden he hears this weird sound. So let's jump right into it. Um, so it can, seems can we that, talk about the sound? See. How many ends do you got in your book? Let's see. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I got ten in the Kindle version. <laughs> let's see. Let's go uh, back to one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Same number of ends in the Kindle and the nineteen eighties uh, version of the uh, of the book we've got going on here. Both Kindle and uh, paperback. Yeah, I got ten. All right. So consistent with the ends, he figured he would leave that alone. <laughs> ten ends. How many Indeed. ends would you End put? Ten. I would like ten ends. Indeed. Or <laughs> you know, if we're if we're going back to the whole nineteen thing, we got n n ten. Oh. Interesting. All right. Now we're getting deep. All right. We're into it. Exactly. We're into it. Okay. So basically... Can I read? Can I read the next paragraph? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, go for it. Um, Roland grunted a cry as he felt the fire singe him. He sat bolt upright in the dark, still feeling the dream around him, strangling him like the collar he had worn. In his twistings and turnings, he had thrown one hand against the dying coals of the fire. He put the hand to his face, feeling the dream flee, leaving only the stark picture of Jake, plaster white, a saint for demons. Mm. How do you pronounce mm in your head, Kev, when you read it? I feel like it would be exactly that, yeah, just sort of like... I'm almost imagining the sound someone makes as they're being like electrocuted, kind of, when it's just sort of like. I can't yeah. control myself. Yeah. I, I feel like it's the beginning of a no, though, like, like, but they can't say yeah. no. Exactly. An unspoken uh, sound of negation, I think he, he says later on. Yeah, I think he does say that at one point. Yeah. It, it's not in good. Any case, it's not good. Ends definitely are Definitely not good. My name begins with an N. <laughs> I mean, that's just every time you say Nick, uh, negation. Last, <laughs> but so is there a change just in right that paragraph away? alone, we do have we do have a couple. We've got uh, the 2003 Stephen King tossing in a uh, still feeling the dream of Magus around him. Oh, and man. then we got a, a blue grammar change and changing it to the collar he had worn, changing it to the collar he had worn. So H-E apostrophe D. So just to tighten it up to uh, just a smidge. Can I rewind uh, for a second to uh, yeah, sure. um, the previous italics of above? But I, Go back to the dream, yeah. Yeah, just a little. Because he's going to go back to the dream as we go along here a little bit. Um, yeah, dream's a big deal. Sounds like a big deal. Uh, her name's Susan, right? Very Correct. important. Um, the question I had... Okay, so he had a collar around him with people... Like, he was a dog. He was a gunslinger that needs to be hemmed down because his, his hands couldn't be controlled, I guess. Um, yeah. Magus. Yeah, I guess we'll get back to Magus. That's, but that was a new word that was thrown, thrown exactly. in? Exactly. Yeah, 
basically, in the time since he wrote this book, he kind of went back to Roland's uh, youth and revisited the story of Susan. So he added in some more proper nouns, more location and whatnot. So he figured he would toss that back into this dream to sort of uh, retcon it back uh, into you know, being consistent with the, the later version of uh, how things went down. Gotcha. Um, and, yeah. and just one last thing that, that's been kind of, uh, I've been thinking about for a while is, uh, how many people were there at this burning of Susan? Like, is it, there's like a collar and stuff. It's like, are there 10 people there? Are there a thousand people there? Is it? <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's see if I can tell you just based on the context of this chapter. Cause I feel like I don't want to give out too much. I don't want to give too much away. No, it's a dream. Um, it's a dream. And I, I but, but it is a dream, dream is meant to make you think, you know, foreshadowing and stuff. Fairly true. Yeah. The, even Roland himself says this wasn't the way it had happened. He hadn't even been there, but oh, dreams had their own logic. Did yeah. say that. Right. He wasn't yeah. there. So, so the collar is more metaphorical than literal. Ah. Okay. So it's like a metaphorically he had been held back. Oh, he totally said that. I forgot about that. Okay. I'm sorry to go back. No, no worries. But I'm also happy to go back so, because it, it, exactly. it grounds me a little bit. All right. So, so he's right. got woken up. They're, they're up in the mountain. Yeah. So they're in the mountain. Uh, Jake has this mm sound. So the dream is fleeing from his mind, and he just has this picture of Jake, stark white, saint for demons. And so he runs up, you know, uh, gets his hand uh, in the, the coals of the fire there, and he just sort of sprints out to get to get Jake. And, you know, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. chases through some tree trunks, he follows after things. What's up? A, a, a saint for demons? We're just going to s- skip past that one? That's a, that's a beautiful one. True, word. yeah, that, that one does add to our religious motif, definitely. Uh, let's see. Yeah, uh, that's an interesting question. Like, uh, I guess, let's see, to me, I almost put it as if he is... See, I, I can't stop thinking of Jake sort of as this, like, sacrificial lamb thing going on. Uh, that's he's what I'm really nervous about. White <laughs> statue, yeah. <laughs> I don't like, like children. I feel being like Roland hurt. has agreed, and <laughs> I feel like Roland has kind of had this sort of idea in his head beforehand. He's been thinking about sort of what Jake has been put in his path for. So it's definitely sort of uh, it's it, there's a lot of negative foreshadowing. Let's just put it that way. The whole yeah. and the Saint for Demons thing makes just make I, I feel like I get sort of uh, let's see, sort of Virgin Mary vibes from that whole thing of uh, mm, did you ever see that movie? That. Uh, it's like someone oh, yeah. who's who's been down to hell um mm. and and shouldn't be there <laughs> you know yeah definitely <laughs> and i feel like that fits in with the whole uh Roland and jake not quite sure if this is the afterlife not quite sure if this is hell thing so and especially since jake has already been hit by a car and died in his world so, and then just woke up here so mm-hmm. still not quite sure is this the afterlife or not have you ever been burnt by a fire, Kevin? Definitely burned myself on a match when I was little, and like, yeah, there was a, a match by the washing machine, and 
I think it was uh, like a matchbook, and just, just to see how it worked, and I burned my finger. And it didn't quite hurt at first, but then I picked at the scab, and that was the worst pain I had ever felt in my life up to that point. <laughs> how old were you? Uh, like seven, eight or so. I don't know. Isn't it always the age the we say when it's things we don't remember? I don't know, like seven or eight. Seven or eight, six, something. <laughs> I, I remember it very specifically, but I don't remember any details of anything, any kind. But this is the, the age you are when you're still trying to figure out kind of what the world is around you. Yeah, the, you know, when you first start up, when you first start up a video game and you're kind of bumping into the walls, you're, you're just eating an entire <laughs> tablespoon of butter just to see what happens. <laughs> And Which is also eat. a childhood memory I have. <laughs> uh, life is a video game. Every once in a while, yes. you're walking to someone. Uh, I can get some experience points from that individual over there. Exactly. They look interesting. Yeah, college, you're just gr- college, you're just level grinding. <laughs> or maybe that's high school. I don't know. It depends on how you. Uh, well, it depends, depends on, on how what you your mature, college experience yeah. is like. Yeah. I think we've all matured at different ages. You know. That's very very fun. true. I just got stuck teaching high school, so it's like, oh, this is the age. But no, no. You grow up a lot as you get older. Um, very, very true. Anyway, speaking of not getting older, let's get back to Jake. Um, back to Jake. So here he is. Roland is running after him. He's we, We're finally out of the whole desert, so he's, uh, the as it says, you know, his uh, his. L- it's a very long sentence. He ducked under the first of the willows, splashed through the spring, and legged up the far bank, skidding in the dampness. Even now, his body could relish it. Uh, willows, willows, wythes, willow wythes. Uh, I guess those are the, the branches Willow-withs. of... Willowiths. Willowiths. Is that the branch of a willow tree? Yeah, it's just like a... Get out of my face, willowiths. Like, like yeah, a weeping willow. You ever run, run God, through I, a weeping I always willow? thought of those as just the branches of the tree. I never yeah, I didn't realize bits. they had their own term. They call them... Got it. So the trees are thicker here. The moon blotted them out. Tree trunks. Uh, there's another blue change. You hyphenated it for some reason. Uh, never really think to hyphenate tree trunk. Oh, no. The original, it's one word. It is so one word I feel in the like, original. Yeah, I would call that just two separate words. I wouldn't hyphenate it or make it one tree word. Tree trunks. Yeah, you, you know, Dad used to call me tree trunk legs. Just, he did. Uh, he did. The, <laughs> we are we are strong legged people. <laughs> but that's why I was catching. So, anyway, very true. So the yada yada, the willows, um, tree trunks, the grass now knee high. Uh, let's see. In the original, it says the grass now knee high slapped against him, but in the new version, it says the the grass caressed him. So it's a whole different sort of connotation there. the 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 willow trees are slapping at him, but the grass is just sort of a, it's a it's a it's a light caress. Well, that's just uh, an example of a writer looking three lines up and saying, "Oh, maybe I should change that word." Exactly, it's yeah. it's redundant if both yeah. things are slapping at him. Uh huh. But. Then we've got an, an addition here, as if pleading him to slow down, to enjoy the cool, to enjoy the life. So that one feels like a big change there. That one's um, instead, it's almost kind of uh, telling him to calm down his urgency, I feel like, and just sort of enjoy the world around him. And I, I wonder if it's feel, saying metaphorically for his entire journey or just right now saying, ah, Jake is fine, don't worry about it. So you could almost take that into two separate connotations there. Like huh. if it's telling him slow down, enjoy the journey, enjoy your time with Jake, that would be a good thing. 
But if it's telling you, slow down, you know, Jake is fine, don't worry about it, whatever will be, will be, that almost seems like a negative kind of vibe. Hmm. What did, what did you think about that one? You read into things much more than I do, and that's why I was like, oh. going back to it, I was like, whoa, Kevin found this really interesting, I better go back. Uh, <laughs> to find the cool, the interesting of life. I, I think he's nervous, yeah. I think he's nervous I'm about what's going... Rolling nervous, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's it, like just accepting like every moment he can have because he's like, ah, this little hiking trip is not going to end well. We're exactly. not going to go back to he the car and go home. Well. I, don't, I don't think... Yeah. It, we're, we're marching to our dooms, you know? Exactly. He's been t- taking this long walk for as long as he can remember and... He finally has another companion along with him, but knowing his track record, knowing how he treated everybody in Tull, uh, he feels like the entire world is against, keeps fighting against him. So he feels like this can only end badly for Jake. So I feel like he almost has this sense of doom as as well. But it, it almost it's always in, it's interesting rereading this uh, because I've read this book so many times, but. How many Seeing times have you read way. this, Kevin? I was I was talking to people Ooh. about. I was like, oh, I'm doing this thing with my brother, and uh, we're doing Dark Tower, and it's the first time I've read it. Um, my brother's read it. Oh, I don't know, maybe like five to eight times. I don't know. Yeah, I would say around there, <laughs> at least five times. Yeah, to, to read but a whole series is, is 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 a big undertaking. So very true. It's like how uh, many times have you read is- the Lord of the Rings? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The, this is the first time that I've read the the new version, though, and particularly going into this much detail. So it's it is fascinating seeing all of the differences per, when I'm so familiar with the the old school uh, paperback version. Um, <laughs> and I feel like Stephen King is tossing in a lot more foreshadowing than was originally in there. Yeah, like King that, shadowing. That, exactly, that, and not even that. I feel like this is much more subtle than his usual like. You know, the next time he asked that question, he would be dead or something like that. Uh, but I don't know. This particular line I wanted to highlight just because I feel like it weighs a lot more in the, the later part of the story. Wait, time but, out. Does, does he do that sure. in his other books? That line you just said? The next exactly, time he yeah. that question, he'll, he'd be dead. He like, will, damn it. Yeah, he will, <laughs> yeah, he will make a lot of things like that, like... You know, that was the last time he ever saw her alive or stuff like that. Oh, crap. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that is like the most blatant foreshadowing that's ever existed. That's just like. Exactly, yeah. Guess what? That, this guy dies. J- spoiler. Like, he, he's yeah. a spoiler guy. Okay, I got it. I exactly, he, yeah. That's, he likes to that's look why up. I feel like. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I feel like king shadowing is a whole different thing than foreshadowing. Foreshadowing is like. Uh, almost like, you know, really highlighting the gun in the room, and uh, then later on in the book, somebody fires it. King shadowing is like, uh, you know, he looked at the gun, and... <laughs> this guy's gonna die. Next time, yeah, <laughs> and the, the next time he noticed it would be when it was in his hand, or something like that. Oh, okay. So it, he's That's always much even... more, yeah, much more direct about his foreshadowing, yeah. A direct Which, foreshadow. Oh, yeah, which yeah, which I kind of like that's because cool. I feel like Stephen. Good, yeah, sure. I, feel, I love that Stephen <laughs> King is much more about the the whole thing of enjoy the present because it's all going to end very soon. So <laughs> it's very much about like, all right, he's going in a battle against the dragon and he's going to win. But let me tell you how, real quick. 
So it's like um, it's like you're watching Pulp Fiction, sort of. Right. And, and you know yeah, how it exactly. ends, but you're like, well, how do they how do they get there? I, I bet Quentin Tarantino liked Stephen King too. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, because it's got that same sort of. I mean, it's not quite non-linear storytelling, but it does have this sort of uh, a, a omniscient narrator who's telling the reader more than the character knows. Okay. So what kind of, that's some kind of irony. Is that dramatic irony? I guess that's dramatic irony. I don't know that one. Mm. Mm. Probably is. But one of these days we'll have a guest on this show. And I think that we'll like, I think that might make it fun. Like that we've built up a dynamic between the two of us. And then if we just get like another person be like, Oh wait, I do know that. You know? I've I've been thinking about that a lot, and I feel like a, a good idea might be to have somebody who has maybe read the book, and then once we finish it up, we can kind of go over the whole thing with this third person who hasn't been part of this whole deep dive with us, and maybe with that person can offer a little bit of outside. Exp- uh, uh, perspective and we can say oh okay well this is all the stuff that we've kind of uh dug up on our uh our reading and we can kind of tell you like here's what what we thought and here what what was your you know emotional like idea of things which characters did you relate to and how did you feel about it so i'm definitely on board with the whole bringing in a guest thing or maybe maybe uh when we start another book like we can bring in a third person and see if we can coordinate to go through the whole thing with that third person mm. i don't know absolutely yeah stay so. tuned stay tuned uh, uh <laughs> a uh, a chapter brothers foreshadowing of our own yeah, so. exactly we're gonna so, have yeah, people on the show besides exactly. us <laughs> exactly we're working out the kinks working out the kinks between the two of us by the time we bring somebody else in here we'll be a well-oiled machine yep so let's see willow whites uh, and uh willow whites yeah so here you go basically roland is just sprinting through all of the undergrowth i, I liked um, how it said uh it, it reached for his cojones i was like okay it does yeah <laughs> which uh, which i do love because the whole like uh, cowboy history is very tied in with sort of the Texas, Mexico, California border. And there's a very, like most of the, you know, historical cowboys, uh, they weren't just the white guy in the 10 gallon hats. There was a very multiracial, uh, population down there of African-American, Mexican, uh, um, Probably weren't that many white but, guys down there whatsoever. Some yeah. French. I mean, it's right by yeah. Louisiana and New Orleans, so Texas. I mean, mm-hmm. are we in Texas? What are you talking about? True. Well, I'm talking about the sort of the the illusion that Stephen King is making to the whole cowboy ethos uh, that Roland you. sort of fits into. Yeah. 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 Uh, totally. Guns and all. Yeah. So, in any case, the guns and all. You know, uh, let's see. Called yeah. the gunslinger. Uh, exactly, gunslinger. The so boy did not smell good, him. of course. Boy neither didn't of them, smell good. Neither of them did. Indeed. So, so Roland is charging through, and he's actually tracking him by scent. He is yes. following his nose. Uh, so, in that, we've got a couple of uh, changes here, uh, where it says he's uh, his nose is flaring like an ape. In the original, it says the odor of sweat was faint, oily, unmistakable. Uh, he crashed over a deadfall of grass and bramble, downed branches, sprinted down a tunnel of overhanging willows and sumac, 
Moss struck his shoulders, some clung in sighing gray tendrils. Whereas in the new version, it says, the younger, lighter odor of the boy's sweat was faint, oily, unmistakable. So kind of differentiating between Jake's smell and Roland's. So, oh, just, just saying how good of a tracker he is, pretty much. Exactly, yeah. He can not only smell the sweat in the air, but he can differentiate between the two sweat smells. Uh, and then it's also, reminding me of Aragorn right here, you know. Exactly. Jake is, uh, Roland is very much a ranger, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So instead of sprinting right down a tunnel, he's sprinting through a tunnel, which I guess makes more sense. You don't really sprint down a tunnel. Uh, and then Moss struck his shoulders like flabby corpse hands uh, in this sort of like very unpleasant kind of way. Yeah. Mm. So let's see. he's running through. Head. Yeah, uh, do you, uh, have you ever seen Spanish moss, Kevin? Uh, not personally, not that I can think of. Apparently it's not moss. Hmm. Uh, wait, Is it ta- like a lichen? Time out, let, let me rewind. Have you ever seen Spanish okay. moss? No, you haven't. Uh, uh, it's that stuff that hangs down from, like, the trees. Um, kind of looks like, like, almost like a, mm, I don't know how to describe it. Like a weird cloth coming down, um, but definitely separate pieces, and it makes. It, 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 if I showed you a picture, you'd be like, "Oh, that." Oh, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like it gives me a very fantasy vibe. Uh, fantasy and southern vibe. Mm, true. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. It, it's it's very very, very prevalent in uh, New Orleans. Um, mm. so that's what I'm smart. But it's not actually moss. It's it's lichen. Lichen. Ah, I called it. Oh, you said that? <laughs> yeah, I guess that, yeah. Good work. It's true. Yeah, the the sort of a symbiotic relationship of uh, fungi and plants uh, living together mm-hmm. as a single organism. But a lichen's not even a fungi. It's a total... Well, but I'm saying lichen uh, as a as a, a type of... Uh, not a species. It would be like a, a genus, a family, mm. class, order. You know what? I might be wrong. I Damn it. I don't know, I, but I, I I have this book called um, oh crap I forget even what the book is called, but it's all about mushrooms and uh, mycology. It, it's it's fascinating. It's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, fungus is really cool. It's the the largest species on Earth is a, a fungus. Exactly, and the least understood. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, so he's battling through, uh, battling through like flabby corpse hands. Yeah. Uh, so runs through, and then he finds. Um, he came a to a clearing. He clawed through a okay, last barricade of willows and came to a clearing that looked up at the stars in the highest peak of the range, gleaming skull white at an impossible altitude. There's a ring of tall black stones which looked like some sort of surreal animal trap in the moonlight. In the center was a table of stone, an altar. Very old, rising out of the ground, on a power on a powerful arm of basalt. So before we did this, I was like, "How do you pronounce basalt? Basalt?" <laughs> I, I, I always thought it was basalt. Is it basalt? But I, I I always say it wrong, and I've known so many geologists, and <laughs> but it, it's a beautiful um, igneous rock, right? Right. Yeah, the... When you see igneous rock, it means it's been there 
for quite True. some time yeah, some, unchanged. Yeah, either yeah, either some sort of sort of a volcanic rock or some maybe uh, solidified lava or magma. Definitely, uh, I always think igneous to ignite. So it has something to do with a volcano. Yeah, it's volcanic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we got we got a couple of changes in there actually that I uh, didn't really even notice in my first read through. Well, so. There you go. Um, so in the original, it says there was a ring of tall black stones, which looked like some sort of surreal animal trap. Is that what you read, or did I go ahead? Uh, I said, there, yeah, there was a ring of tall black black stones, which looked like some yeah. sort of surreal animal trap in the moonlight. Right, exactly. Yeah, in the new version, it says there was a ring of black standing stones. So I guess just sort of to establish that it's, uh, hmm, I'm not even sure. Um... It's the difference between a, a tall black stone and a black standing stone. I guess standing well, I guess stone it, it makes, it makes you makes think it seem more. We're, we're walking into like uh, Stonehenge, uh, kind of exactly. Thing. Like yeah. this is some sort of a ritualistic, uh, you know, um, ruin of some kind. Yeah. So and then this standing thick arm basalt in the middle is. Um, it's, it's just the this, this center. It, but it was put there by people also. Exactly. It, it couldn't be there naturally on top of, you know, vegetation. It would be overgrown if it was there naturally. Well, are we so. at, true. Are we at the top of the mountain or are we at some sort of uh Is it a clearing on the way to the mountain? I'm not quite sure. I thought he had scrambled to the top of the mountain earlier. No? Gleaming Scone came to a clearing. He was with Jake. Yeah, I guess it... Or was he by himself? Yeah. Wait, wait a minute. It's true, yeah, let's just go forward. Um, so the boy stood before it, I guess this, this thick arm of basalt, trembling back and forth. His hands shook at his sides as if infused with static electricity. Uh, the gunslinger, yeah, going back to that sort of electrocuted uh, imagery that I was talking about before. The gunslinger sh- called his name sharply. Jake responded with that inarticulate sound of negation. Yeah. The faint smear of face, almost hidden, looked both terrified and exalted, and there was something else. The, he, the gunslinger stepped into the ring, and Jake screamed, recoiling, throwing up his arms. Now his face could be seen clearly. The gunslinger read fear and terror at war with some excruciating pleasure. So, we know that this is, there's weird shit going on. Wow. Um, An excruciating yeah, so. grimace of pr- pleasure. My goodness. Yeah, there that was the that was descriptive. Exactly. Yeah, this that's, that's a, one of the this changes is we really got here. Painful or really awesome? I don't know. <laughs> in in sort of a, a a Hellraiser kind of way, yeah. <laughs> I never see that. Show movie. you such sights. Oh, it's it, it, it messes you up. I I watched it uh, recently, and I'm glad that I did not watch it when I was younger because it would mess you up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Liz but is a much bigger fan good. of the horror, and she's like, "You've never seen Hellraiser? You don't get this reference." I was like, "I don't get this reference." There's a there's know. a puzzle box. I like puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you don't want to do this puzzle box. <laughs> oh no, it's not a good puzzle. Okay. <laughs> oh no, no, no. This is the kind that like when you do the puzzle, then the these uh, the Cenobites like basically own your soul, kind of, or they give you this sort of uh, um, masochistic uh, sexual pleasure pain thing that happens so that this is sort of the where my head's pain, at okay. for 
Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so in the, the just to continue with the changes here, uh, now his vo- uh, little watch me for the changes. That's what you just called this. Watch me for the changes. Watch me for the changes. I love that. Um, let's see, where was I? So it says, let's see, Jake responded with that inarticulate sound of negation. He stepped inside the ring. Jake screamed. And now his face, in the original version, it said, now his face could be seen clearly and indexed. So, yeah, the indexed thing, um, that's a fine removal. I don't mind taking that one out because, you know, he's, he can see it clearly. Word. That's all you Exactly. He can see it clearly. That's all you need to know. He doesn't need to file it in his brain uh, Rolodex. Uh, uh, Let's see. And it has been put on the microfiche for later. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So, um, the the gunslinger... That was... I do. I I had to learn microfiche in the library. Like I feel like nowadays, what are they even teaching kids in library class? Do they have a library class? In okay, elementary so school? the microfiche and microfilm still exists, right, guys? We can always go back and look at stuff. Just, I mean, I feel like they have to have been scanning that that stuff digitally by I think now. It's just all feel- on the internet now, and. I think so. I think okay. the libraries have to have their own archives of microfiche and microfilm because if it's if it's literal plastic uh, cellulite film, that stuff has got to degrade over time, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. That's just like yeah. making anything digital. You're right, but records Alas, still sound yeah. better than um, <laughs> digital music. I mean, I'm not an audio purist. I just like having records for just the tactile sense of holding a thing and having a thing that you can, you know, put into your catalog. And it's got the the really big art that CDs don't have, and they're like four and a half inches. Well, so I feel cool like that, the, it's pretty cool that uh, uh, records outlast CDs. They did, yeah. And records are still around, but CDs, I feel like they they might make a few just for so that you can digitize them easier. But honestly, everything is going to be, is either streaming or on some yeah. platform or another. So I it's, guess we're just a uh, society that's meant to uh, like nostalgia. So always, always. So we go because back to records because we like that. Nostalgia. That's why I like star I, Wars. Honestly, <laughs> just mm. keep watching it all the time. So I'm like, uh, exactly. It makes me feel like a kid. Yeah, that's, <laughs> exactly, and that's why I feel like the time will uh, time is going to vindicate the you know all of the Star Wars movies and shows that have come out since, uh, mm-hmm. like say even like the prequels have uh, had their own huge uh, upswing of fans oh, totally. that grew up with them, Gen Z and all. So I feel like yeah. the everything like I'm sure there's going to be huge Ray fans later on that people nowadays are like ah. Mary Sue, blah blah blah. That yeah. uh, in the future they're gonna, there's gonna be huge fans of Ray and Finn and but, everything. But that is talk for another podcast that we will get. That to. That is talk for another podcast <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my in goodness. any case, so so so, so Roland steps inside. Another, and, another uh, quick, well, another quick change. Oh. Uh, instead of the gunslinger saw fear and terror, he read fear and terror. And then another change was that um, in the original it says warring with an almost excruciating grimace of pleasure. And in the new version it just says at war with some excruciating pleasure. 
So took out the grimace and uh, made it uh, more active, uh, saying that you know his fear and terror is at war with with this. So to basically just he's tightening the grammatical screws. He's yeah. you know taking a, a sentence that was very loose and making it a little bit a little bit stronger. So uh, that one I'm, I'll definitely agree with. Much like McDonald's, he he took out the grimace and. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Weird True. character uh, that was. Ronald McDonald. Yeah, Ronald <laughs> McDonald is he's still around. You can still see him at uh, uh, various McDonald's stores or in the Thanksgiving Day Parade and yeah, whatnot. No, no grimace, no Mayor McCheese. No grimace. No. Uh, nope. The 80s. Is the, is the so... Hamburglar still around? Hamburglar was always my. No. Favorite. When's the last no, time you saw the Hamburglar? Ugh. I mean, I feel like occasionally you'll see him in some promotional material, but never really <laughs> as a walk around character in in, in a in a mask and all. I mean, that was just a, a, another '80s thing. Is just like, oh, very true. We have this thing. Let's make a cartoon out of it and introduce other characters. Exactly. He <laughs> Man, Transformers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, all of those were just the half an hour long weekly co- commercials for toys. <laughs> There was a pirate, uh, a McDonald's pirate. I forget his name. There was. Oh, I, <laughs> I actually never knew his name. Yes, but I, I know exactly the character you're talking about. Yeah, Mary there was McGee's a rest stop the... in New Jersey who had all these characters that you just yes. played in a playland with. Mm. What the hell was the pirate's name? Uh, oh, the Fry Guys. Those things were nightmare. Fry fuel. Guys. Yeah, Fry Guys <laughs> were around till the '90s. Yeah, they outlasted uh, Mary McCheese and the what was his name the. Was it? There was some sort of a police chief or a cop of some kind who was also had a burger helmet. I well, that, uh, that was, was Constable uh, Big Mac. Constable Big Mac. All right, nice. I think that was the name. <laughs> okay. Anyway, True, so yeah. the good. Anyway, so back back. <laughs> we we love our pages. <laughs> I'm, I'm flipping the page now. The spirit of the oracle, the succubus. That's the first two words as I flip from page uh, 121 to 122 in my book. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it, it yeah worked. I got that on 170. Yeah, it's weird how our pages don't match up at all. Well, yours is a much larger, like, in terms of surface like, area of the yeah, book, yeah. Mine's only, book. like, you know, trade paperback size. So and I have illustrations in mine as well. Exactly, yeah. So uh, the oracle, the succubus... Those are two words that are fueled. <clears throat> Wait, Indeed, let me, let me, yeah, let me they definitely. Reading. Yeah, go ahead. I, I'm going to read the next. Uh, <clears throat> okay, so start over. The gunslinger felt a touch in the spirit of the oracle, the succubus. His loins were suddenly filled with rose light, a light that was soft yet hard. He felt his head twisting, his tongue thickening, and becoming excruciatingly sensitive to even the spittle that coated it. Before you go on, I just want to take point out uh, he took out the rose, so it's just uh, the his loins were filled with light and took out becoming excruciatingly to make it just becoming sensitive to. So as I was reading it, out. I was like, I bet he, I bet he took out excruciatingly because he just yeah. said it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's he he loves uh, he's he's just looking through and saying redundant, redundant. He's he. I imagine just 2003 Stephen King going through his original manuscript like an English teacher and just being like unnecessary, <laughs> redundant. He's he, it, this thing was covered in red ink. Well, I guess that's what writing is all about, right, Kev? I mean, if we're exactly. talking about Stephen King, we got to talk about writing. I am not a good writer. Um, 
Or maybe I am, I just don't like doing it. Um, mm, I feel I should... like writing, like singing, like acting, like dancing, any type of art, it, the first step is always the drive to do it. And mm. whether you're good or bad at it, if you don't have to drive to do it, then that's just the first cut right there. Like, you know, if you don't want to be a writer, you don't have to be, whatever. But, I mean, everybody has hidden talents, I suppose. But if you don't have the drive to do the thing, then it, I feel like it doesn't count as you being the creator right. of the thing, I would say. That's my, my personal point of oh, view. Oh, absolutely like, right. I, I mean, I'd sing I definitely, every week. <laughs> That's yeah, definitely you have to drive to sing. Exactly. some art to do that all the time. Exactly. The muse of music is always calling to you. Whereas there are times I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, oh no, I have to write this down. This is great. And I just, I come up with like an entire story for a character. And I don't know if I'm ever going to do anything with it. I don't know if I'm ever going to put it together. Maybe it'll just be a character in a Dungeons Dragons uh, campaign that I'm writing, or maybe it'll be in a book someday. But in any case, I I get that sort of, that drive, the, you know, the thing that wakes you up before you, right before you fall asleep and say, and you'd say, oh crap, I have to put that down right now. Well, the thing about writing that that mm -hmm. it's more, much more permanent. I could, I could sing something and it's gone. It's it's into the ether. Maybe one person remembered it. Hopefully, I remembered it <laughs> at least. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you write something down, it's it's on a piece of paper. Or if you you type it up, you know, um, it's there. I mean, it's I guess interesting. You can videotape it, but um, yeah. yeah, if you videotape it, a, a writing seems more kind. permanent because yeah, it's it's not just it's not just sound it's 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 thoughts and emotions that are going towards a new character exactly and but also the the medium itself like whereas singing the medium is just the sound waves that people hear whereas writing the medium is the words that are written on the page so once something is written down it becomes much more permanent so then sound waves which just dissipate so there, I kind of, I, I definitely agree with you there, but I feel I, like it, I guess we're when it comes to go ahead. When it, yeah, when it comes to writing versus singing, the act of doing the thing is, I feel like, what gives me the most excitement and sort of the <laughs> the drive to do it. Like it's it's not even about somebody reading a thing that I write. I just love the idea of creating something. And regardless of whether anybody sees it or it goes anywhere or even if the notebook gets lost or whatever, I still had that moment of writing it that I love. Mm-hmm. So in that case, it might even be, you know, not necessarily more permanent than, than a song that somebody might record. So, yeah, I have so many notebooks full of sort of story ideas and characters that I've written and that... You know, <laughs> L- who's, ladies who and gentlemen, knows? Kevin Ackerman, who is uh, <laughs> much more interesting... Than I am hardly, hardly. <laughs> oh, I wish I—I I, I wish uh, I'd written down half the things I've thought, but they're all gone. They're just, you yeah. know, that's a shame. I, I should write more. That things is life. Yes, mm. well, you know, I got plenty of life left to go to write things down. So that's very true. We can all—all we can change is the future. <laughs> that's what I always say. So. <clears throat> Indeed. Yeah, but so anyway, uh, that's why. Yeah. I'm sorry. Hmm. No, I'm just saying that's the that's why the whole writing process. The it is a it it like 
when, it, when like a song plays, I want to sing along. When I when I hear a song that I don't know the words to, I want to tap it down, like tap out the rhythm on my the side of my uh, my leg. Like writing, I feel like you get that just sort of that spark of inspiration, and it just makes you want to create something. So that's why I feel like all art forms are kind of interrelated in that way. Absolutely, that it's just it's just stimulus and response. Like uh, I wish I could paint. Me too. Liz has a bunch of paintings, and it's like, wow. And one day she just, like, got out of canvas and just started painting. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, yeah, I just want to, you know, get get some creativity out. And she just, like, she made a painting of me. It was incredible. Oh, nice. <laughs> and then she made other ones. She's got, like, probably six or seven paintings around the house. I think they're beautiful, you know? That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Writing stuff down. Right. That would be good. It's true. Writing yeah. stuff down I mean, like walking into a clearing and seeing the Oracle. <laughs> exactly. Bring it around. We gotta get this train back on course. <laughs> get it back on the tracks. <laughs> so Every in any once case, in a while. That's the teacher in me. You're like, okay guys, uh, we're talking about right. mitochondria here. Let's let's focus. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Ooh. So Well actually but, just put a pin in the micro- mitochondria thing. There's <laughs> Uh, I, I have to give you this book on mushrooms that I was reading. It's so fascinating. Um, but I'll give you the title of it later. Uh, but in any case, so here we go. Mycology um, is interesting. Oh, fascinating. Yeah. The, basically, trees talk to each other through a inter- interconnected network of uh, um, my... What's the word? My, Mycelium. My, mycelium, exactly, that are underground. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah, the, just the mushroom caps that we see are the tiny fruiting bodies of an enormous exactly. uh, organism that go that goes way underground. That is probably the cause of all of the soil that we see. And it's all so interesting. But in it, it, any case, roll into Jake. Get back on track. <laughs> you ever heard of a, a fairy ring? Yes. Yeah, with the, the rings of mushrooms. Yeah, it's just a ring of mushrooms, but underneath is actually the mycelium. The whole so those are just the fruiting bodies that you're that you're seeing. The, the exactly reproductive. Uh, Caps and stuff. Yeah, I think well, it's like, we haven't even gotten to um, to mes- the oracle mescaline uh, yet. Oh, so we got uh, to the word succubus. So here we go. <laughs> so where was he? He sees the yada yada. Um, those two. Okay, those two words seem uh, a- antonyms to me. I don't know. Interesting. Or just not, not even well, antonyms. That's not the right word for it. Uh, just different meanings. Well, but I feel like that's why just combining those two nouns next to each other provides so much description of what this oracle actually is and what kind of oracle. Well, like, I feel like it's almost like the the, the sirens or something in mm. Greek mythology. It's like, oh, they're, they're so beautiful, but they also suck your soul or something, you know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're the, and I, I feel like this oracle almost is the inverse of a siren, kind of, where. Hmm. She is it a she? Well, uh, did we get that? They? I don't know. We're not quite sure. Yeah, but I didn't get a gender. Yeah, on let's that see. One. Uh, uh, maybe they say so she. The spirit at some of the point. oracle, the spectre, succubus, yada. So uh, sensitive to spittle. Knowing Stephen but King, in any case, I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, actually, I don't know Stephen King, so I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> true. I always <laughs> had the assumption that incubus were male and succubus were female. But maybe it's more just sort of they're asexual and just incubus is the top and uh, succubus is the bottom. Oh, that's what that means? Okay. Yeah, I think so. 
I thought, okay, phew. What? I thought it was like a, a Egyptian in like nature. No. Is it true? I thought, I mean, I, I thought they were Greek, or at least I always assumed they were. Ooh, have you done research on, incub- on succubi? <laughs> you would think I would have. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, don't worry about it. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Medieval folklore is what I'm getting here. All right. The male counterpart so talking... to succubus is the incubus. Yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah. So succubus means female, <laughs> straight up. Mm. <laughs> but I guess in our more gender fluid uh, times that we live in nowadays, maybe it's uh, more just that incubus is the top and succubus is the bottom. That's that's the way I put it in in my head. So we'll see how that works out. Um, yeah, it says Latin. Um, Latin. Hmm. True, yeah. Incubus, incubi. Yeah, yeah that's a, definitely Jewish, Latin. Yeah. Plural. Hmm. Some things. Huh. Um, but it, it doesn't sound good. Is, is definitely not good. <laughs> Basically, it, it's like a... It, well, hey, wait a minute. I just thought to myself, okay. it's, like, it's like a praying mantis. Hmm. And didn't we talk about that before? Yes, the mantis was uh, doing um, emulations. Was it emulations? Uh, yeah, ablutions. Ablutions. That was it. Emulation yeah. is something on, completely different. On Jake's forehead. Yeah, there you go. There's some foreshadowing <laughs> right there. Ablutions on Jake's forehead. So it's, it's almost the, the succubus him, yeah. is the mantis. That's what's happening. Mm. Oh, I okay. never noticed that. Yeah, I love yeah. that correlation. Yeah. Okay. I yeah, didn't so realize what a succubus was. It needs male semen to survive. Yeah. So we've got 11 year old Jake who is too young for that sort of thing. So basically, Roland runs in, uh, enters the the ring. Jake recoils. Uh, let's see. So then we've got he didn't think about what he was doing when he pulled the half rotted jawbone from his pocket that he had carried since he found it in the lair of the speaking demon at the way station. I was shocked so to many see this come out. I'm like, oh yeah, the jawbone. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Every item, uh, the. Uh, what is it? Chekhov's jawbone. Uh, so, <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, I, I've been, I've, Chekhov's gun? Well, just Chekhov's blank. Like, what is? What is that? Yeah, the 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 theater term is Chekhov's gun. That if the if a gun appears, like is put on a mantle in Act One, the gun has to be fired in Act Three. So basically, the idea is that any um, any object that draws attention to itself that the audience will notice, it has to be used at later on in the story. Okay. Well, yeah. that happens all the time. Yeah. I exactly. Mean, yeah. But I guess the reverse Chekhov would be better. It's like here's this Where... thing, but we're not going to use it. We're going to use True. this other thing that you didn't notice back there. Yeah, kind of uh, inverting <laughs> your expectations a little bit. You, know? uh, you don't want it to be too True. obvious. It's like, here's this exactly. gun. Hmm. Yeah. What do you think's going to happen with the gun? And I guess that's the. Huh? S- the he pulls out a knife. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> or a knife to a gun party. <laughs> <laughs> gun party. That that does not sound like the kind of party I want to be to. <laughs> a gun party. Well, I guess it happens all the time. They have, you know. Yeah. But in any case, so we got a couple of changes in there. Uh, well, let's just get they through that paragraph They call conventions instead of parties. Conventions, yes. <laughs> exactly. That's and that point. makes it okay. 
So yeah, uh, succubus so, and oracle. Yeah. Oracle, which is and another great word. Uh, that's appeared throughout yeah, history. Oracle is definitely, ger- is definitely Greek. Yeah, uh, the oracle of Delphi, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. I believe uh, that's uh, Apollo, right? The, the temple of I Apollo? I think so, yeah, an oracle to Apollo, yeah. Um, but I believe that appears in um, the Aeschylus trilogy. Things I should have looked up yesterday. Apparently, let's see, going according to our good friend Wikipedia, uh, the Oracle of Delphi was Pythia, uh, high priestess to the Temple of Apollo. Uh, she specifically served as its oracle and was known as the Oracle of Delphi. Uh, let's see. Yada, yada, yada. Details on how she operated were scarce. Was she a succubus as well? Apparently, according to this, she was an actual person. In uh, the the Pythia, so I guess it's a title, not a name, was established in the 8th century BC, though some estimates uh, date the shrine as early as 1400, and was widely credited for her prophecies uttered under divine possession uh, by Apollo. Enthusiasmos. Yeah, so enthusiasmos makes me think it's some sort of uh, the the sun. No. Yeah. I thought that was Helios. Huh. God of archery, music, dance, truth, prophecy, healing, diseases, the sun, light, poetry, and more. Okay. So maybe Helios is just the word for the sun? So Apollo sounds like a... uh... A pretty cool god, actually. Yeah. That I haven't thought about too much. It had nothing to do with war or anything, right? It seems like all true. Yeah, mm. yeah. Definitely, basically saying that Apollo is the personification of light and uh, day, brightness, the sun, sort of things like that. Um, the most important and cos- and complex of the Greek gods, son of Zeus and Leto. Twin brother of Artemis, goddess of the hunt. Yeah. But in any case, so the yeah, Oracle of Delphi, uh, uttered under design possession, divine possession, enthusiasmos uh, by Apollo. So that just that word enthusiasmos makes me think that it's also another for, form of ecstatic possession that could also be sexual in nature. This is pretty cool, actually. That uh, that's uh, a good example of I don't know. Uh, nah, that's not the word. I was going to say possession, but that's not the, the ability to, to communicate with the deity. Uh, True. Well, I guess they're saying that the Oracle at Delphi was a person who was possessed by this other force. So maybe that's where you know that which possesses an oracle uh, is sort of r- related to this succubus and. Put them both together, and we've got our oracle in the mountain here. So, um, sorry. Was Apollo able to see into the future? Because that's what a whole oracle idea is, right? The ability to, hmm. to, to, to prophesize. I don't know if it was seeing the future or just seeing a wider view of the present, maybe? We're about to get some prophecies, right? Very true, yeah. Uh, one of the main stories claimed that delivered oracles in a frenzied state induced by vapors rising from a chasm in the rock spoke gibberish that the priests interpreted as the enigmatic prophecies 
turn them into poetic dactylic hexameters preserved in Greek literature. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see. Called the Navel of the World? Navel <laughs> of the World? I don't know. What, what do you mean by that? Uh, uh, it's what they called Delphi. Ancient Greeks called the Navel of the World. Uh, let's see. According to this, the... Let's see. The ability to see outside of the present, into the past, into the future. Uh, yada yada. Yeah, so I guess there were gave oracles. Uh, interesting. So I guess then, I guess Apollo could... Hmm, I guess Apollo could predict the future, or is Apollo causing the future to happen? Okay, mm. oracles were meant... To, Oracles were meant to give advice to shape future action. So I guess it's not that they're predicting the future. They just, you know, just sort of like causing the pebbles to fall in the right way to cause the avalanche that creates the the future action, I think. Okay. Well, okay. Uh, Other ones in um, um, literature, uh, Macbeth is is one that that I think of right away is, is the witches there. Macbeth true. certainly makes everything happen in that. Very true. They they like give him a little path and say, "Oh yeah, this is, we're going to give you some um, ambition, and you're going to make it happen on your own." You know, and um, I think that's what happens in Macbeth. Um, same thing. Another oracle, uh, the Matrix. The Matrix. The Matrix. Yeah, definitely <laughs> similar oracle. Yeah. <laughs> Not the greatest movie trilogy. It's okay. It's cool. I but, mean, it's a great uh, first movie. You can't deny the power oh, of the, so the original awesome. Matrix. Yeah. It's just like, okay. oh, it could have been better, guys. But um, <laughs> I mean, that's always the problem. It's much easier to set up a uh, this heroic journey and everything, but it's very hard to land it. To land it, yeah, totally. Um, but anyway, they have an oracle in there and who, and who fits the archetype very well, you know? Exactly, yeah. She doesn't tell him the future, she just tells him what he needs to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she says, have a cookie. <laughs> have a cookie. <laughs> and I feel, I, I've seen, like, uh, online things where they're like, I love that since the Matrix takes place in a simulation, and the Oracle is therefore a computer program, the whole take a cookie must be some sort of, like, code language that in order to receive a prophecy, he has to, to he has to eat a cookie in order to get it. <laughs> Oh, but then there's that whole meme where it says, come to the dark side, we have cookies. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, All right, great. So we got an oracle. um, So in any case, yes, this oracle is here. Uh, Yada, yada. He pulls out the Chekhov's jawbone. um, And he didn't think, but it it had never frightened him to to operate on pure instinct. That had ever been the best and truest place for him. He held the jawbone's frozen prehistoric grin up before his eyes, holding the other arm out stiffly, first and last fingers poked out in the ancient forked sign that warred against the evil eye. The current of sensuality was whipped away from him like a drape. Jake screamed again. Uh, he, you're uh, you're the reading the new one, right? Yeah, I'm reading the new one, yeah. So, for, uh, for those who are sure, through... Kevin always reads the new one, I always read the old one, just so you know. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, do you want to, uh, can you, do you, are you, well, it, it, uh, you just could said you track which changes we've got? Just said fork talisman? talisman? Yeah. Forked 
Oh yeah, in the original it says forked talisman against the evil eye. Yeah. yeah. But really, it's it's the the rock fingers or the. Uh, I, I like to yeah, think the, of the, the metal the, fingers. Yeah. The way the way that Obi Wan tries to uh, every time he he starts using the force. Um, you McGregor style. I thought he just sort of had this little like circular motion. Nah, he usually puts two fingers out. Him against General Grievous and stuff. He's got his, uh, yeah. his thumb and uh, I'm sorry, his uh, index and pinky out. Index pinky, yeah. I, uh, Mom always used to say hook 'em horns. Hook 'em uh, horns, yeah. <laughs> Texas Longhorns, absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> So yeah, basically, that, I guess that's the sign of the evil eye. That he, he, he knew I, it right away. Roland could tell. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the Stephen King mentions the evil eye a bunch of times in in other books, and I feel like that used to be more of a thing than it is nowadays in uh, society. I feel like I, I I rarely hear people mention the evil eye, but uh, I mean, also uh, dealing Open with fantasy and occult books. No, no, uh, evil eye. Sorry. Oh, that, that's true. always one that I mess I up. I am Mr. Brassite. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's... Oh. Okay, Nick messes up the lyrics a lot, and I always thought it was Evil Eye, and it's Eager Eye. Eager. Uh. Sorry. <laughs> Moving on. Um, Moving on. It's true. Whenever I sing a song in another language, I'm sure it's just as laughable, because I am just going on the phonetics of what it sounds like, so... I always sing uh, 99 Luftballons in karaoke, so I'm sure... I, I, th- I feel like I'm getting closer to the actual German. That's that pretty good. The first time I sang it, it probably wasn't very good at all. But Who sings that one? That is Nina in Nina the 80s. Nina's Indeed. Good but job. In any case, so um, we've so, got... Okay, uh, the big thing after... Uh, wait, any other changes? Um, so, let's see... Uh, he didn't uh, in the original. It just says he didn't think uh, when he pulled out. Whereas in the new version, it says he didn't think about what he was doing. That seems like a clunky addition. I, you don't really need that personally. Uh, and then later on, he added um, in. So that's an orange. Uh, that's a yellow one. Where oh, he added yellow. in about what he was doing. Okay. Um. Then da, 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 let's see. Did not think he did in the original. It says he did not think, but it did not frighten him to operate on pure instinct. So, uh, and then in the new version, it says he didn't think, but it had never frightened him. So, just sort of potato potato uh, contraction changes here and there, uh, and then added in that had ever been the best and truest place for him. So, just tossing in some characterization of Roland, that he is always, he, he's team instinct. He just uh, goes based on what he thinks, what he knows is supposed to be the right course of action, and he doesn't think about it beforehand. So, he, he could um, read people, is, is what I'm getting. Also very true. Like, um... Yeah, and... Ellie, right? In, uh... In Tal? Um, what was her name? Her no, name? it wasn't Ellie. Allie. Allie! That oh, was close. True. <laughs> but um, Ali, he could tell, was safe. and Yes, he, he immediately trusted her as the only person in town. Yeah, well, right here he said the current of sensuality was whipped away from him like a drape. Like, oh mm. no, this, is, this woman is not safe at all. Mm. See, interesting. I, I took it the opposite way, that as soon as he pulled out that jawbone that... It's almost as though the oracle, succubus, whatever you want to call her, that she immediately stops trying to uh, stops trying to seduce the gunslinger or Jake. 
that immediately it's it's almost as though she's turning off whatever power she has because she feels this pain of this this jawbone kind of uh, reaching out to her. She's turning off the powers. Oh, okay, I thought he was turning it off, but mm. okay. Well, either way, either way, it's turned off, and they're like, "Oh, it is off." We are um, very skeptical of each other. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So let's see what what else was different. Jake screamed uh, again. Almost uh, held up the jug, yada yada. Instead of before his eyes in the new version, in the old version, it's held up the prehistoric grin in front of him and the ancient fort, as we said before. Uh, the original, it said talisman. New version, it said ancient fort sign, the word against the evil eye. So Jake screamed again. Jake screamed again. The gunslinger walked to him and held the jawbone in front of Jake's warring eyes. A wet sound of agony. The boy tried to pull his gaze away, could not. And suddenly both eyes rolled up to show the whites. Jake collapsed. His body struck the earth limply, one hand almost touching the altar. The gunslinger dropped to one knee and picked him up. He was amazingly light, as dehydrated as a November leaf from their long walk through the desert. Yeah, we got a couple of more additions in there. Uh-huh. So... Gunslinger walked up and held the jawbone in front of Jake's warring eyes. And then he says, see this, Jake, see it very well. What came as a response was a wet sound of agony. Mm. Uh, Boy tried to pull away. For a moment, it seemed as though he might be pulled apart, mentally, if not physically. Then, suddenly, both eyes rolled up to the whites. Uh, Jake collapsed, body struck the earth uh, limply, one hand almost touching the, squi- the squat basalt arm that supported the altar. Oh. Huh. Oh. So, yeah, so a little bit more of uh, Roland specifically talking to Jake. Yeah, I like that. So I like, yeah. yeah, I like that a lot. So that it's much, he's much more invested in trying to save Jake directly instead of just being like, look at this. All right. <laughs> Magic done. All right, we're good. <laughs> I'm going to pick up your lifeless body. Let's do it. Exactly. Like, I almost feel like in the original version, Roland is much more like a person in a video game who's like, okay, take item, uh, put item in front (laughs) of boy, and then boom, curse is lifted. Whereas in this new version, it's a dialogue. He's talking to him. Curse is lifted. I like that a lot more. Go back to camp. Take drugs. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Sorry, that just seems like a weird plan, but we're going to get to that. (laughs) It's an interesting plan, yeah. I I would love to see... Oh my god, this would be an awesome Dungeons & Dragons campaign, actually, now that I think about it. Ooh, I'm going to read this. Uh, But... (laughs) In order for you to get through this spirit walk, you must take... That's going. Okay, sorry, we have not got to that yet, though. Um, he's Indeed. just picking so up. Case, okay, wait. I, I, I really out. like this one line, though. I just want to say it, it at the very yeah, end about the November leaf. It, it's just—it's so. Um, uh, the imagery is great, right there. You know, like you can really oh, very imagine. Yeah. You know how light that like little crackly um, oak leaf on the ground is. Exactly. I mean, outside of our house, do you remember the, those? Uh, uh, from Rutherford, the tree burrows trees, deciduous trees, though, and it's a lot of raking. So there was, we have oaks, and uh, there was a sycamore outside of our house as well. Sycamore, yes, so, that's the one with the the bulbous knots in the in the trunk and all. Yeah, and the trunk like uh, peels off. So when you exactly. step on the peels, it's like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? 
Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, that is childhood in a sound. Is stepping on those, uh, <laughs> on stepping on those the the bark of the tree that would peel yep, off. Yeah. It's like oh, it's the beginning of the school year. Okay. Mm, exactly. <laughs> uh, life is about uh, ritual. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> but in any case, so point being, so it uh, picks up Jake as light as a November leaf and. They go back to camp, and in the new version it says, uh, let's see, once around him he could feel the presence that dwelt in the circle of stones, whirring with a jealous anger, its prize having been taken from it. Once the gunslinger passed out of the circle, the sense of frustrated jealousy faded quickly. He carried Jake back to their camp. Uh, Once he got there, the boy's twitching unconsciousness had become deep sleep. The gunslinger paused for a moment above the gray ruin of the fire. The moonlight on Jake's face reminding him again of the church saint, alabaster purity, all unknown. He hugged the kid and put a dry kiss on his cheek, knowing that he loved him. Well, maybe that wasn't quite right. Maybe the truth was that he'd loved the kid from the first moment he'd seen him, as he had Susan Delgado, and was now only allowing himself to recognize the fact. For it was a fact. Oh, I love that. Oh my goodness. And just... Such a major change from the original, I was gonna too. I going to say, because, this is all adi- yeah. additions? All additions, yeah. In yeah. the original, it just says, once he passed out of the circle. The original, it says, when he passed out of the circle. So, potato, potato, not really mm-hmm. a... Really more just saying as a, you know, an if-then statement, kind of. Because uh, I feel like when is just sort of a, a point in time, whereas once he passed out of the circle kind of shows more of a, a change from one state to another. Oh my gosh, um, yeah. This is all different. Yeah. And then it says the... So he added in, uh, instead of the sense of jealousy faded, uh, he added in the word quickly, just to add a little bit more, you know, more color, more a sense of how it's how it's faded. And then, uh, let's see... Fell into a deep sleep. Uh, yeah, he suddenly hugged the boy. Yeah, suddenly hugged the boy. Uh, so, took out the word suddenly knowing that he loved him. So in basically changed it from the boy to the kid, which is a much more, I feel like a much more friendly kind of word. Like the boy, it just seems like you're holding them at a remove, at a holding him at a distance. Whereas the kid, it has so much more of like an empathy sort of a sense to that word. Do you disagree? I disagree. Really? I, I think by calling it the kid, it's just like, ah, it's a kid. And like the boy, is, oh, see, it's like this is a, a child that I need to like uh, care for. It's like, yeah, that's like that, that kid over there, whatever. Just calling it like you'd call a uh, baby goat or something. <laughs> I don't know. Huh. See, yeah, see, I see it the opposite way. Whereas I feel like just the boy over there, like it, it's much more of a formal type of word. Whereas I feel like the kid is a much more informal word. Where I almost feel like. Uh, in, the kids uh, inspires a little bit more empathy to me. But interesting that we Wait, took it in opposite I, I'm directions. Sorry. Uh, so it says, uh, he carried Jake back to their camp. By the time they got there, the boys twitching unconscious had become deep sleep. Uh, there you go. So so it is more Stephen King saying a redundant word. So, okay. So I, I think, I think that's more why that change word. happened. Yeah, I'll agree with because you. Because he did say right. that. Yeah, yeah. I think so, it's, it's just him changing a word. 
It's true. Okay, so we'll we'll set aside the context for that one. So he added in and put Isn't a direct kiss on his cheek. Changing a word. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, like, that is true. Yeah, that's like that statement that all words into. are made up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't mean to so, speak over you. I'm sorry. No, no, no worries, no worries. Um, so then we've got another another long edition where he says, "Well, maybe that wasn't quite right. Maybe the truth was that he loved him, yada yada." Just like he had done, Susan was only allowing himself to recognize the fact, for it was a fact. So that was all added in new. And <clears throat> last sentence of that paragraph, and it seemed that he could almost feel the laughter from the men in black somewhere far above them. Yes. So that, that's in the original. Oh, in the original. That's yeah. That's in the in that's in both versions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So definitely, he Roland has this feeling that the man in black is toying with him with Jake. Ooh. That's the end of uh, section three in the new. Indeed. In the in the old right. version, there's no section changes. I don't know. Yeah, the old ver the old se- the old version sections were way longer. <laughs> well, at least in my Is there book, even a section it, two. Section three ends at the bottom of a page, so that that makes me happy. <laughs> True. Yeah. Same uh, same thing with my Kindle version that I'm looking at right now. Um. Yeah, actually, in the in the paperback that I've got, uh, it's like midway through a page. Um, there are no section dividers in my copy of the book. Actually, this is all just one long section. It's all just one long thing. Yeah. Well, and that's in how he released yeah. it, right? You said. Uh, sure. Yeah. Is in a short story form. Yeah. In 1980, you said we're in the year of Nick. Uh, yeah, I think this is the year of Nick. Yeah. Uh, according to the copyright page, it says Oracle of the Mountain, copyright 81. Sorry, 81, so the, okay. the way station was the year of Nick, yeah. I gotcha. So we're, we're almost almost to Teresa. <laughs> exactly. Well, this is February of 81, so you're just under a year old at this point. Yeah, yeah. In the middle there. Jake was calling yeah, so him that was how he awoke. He had tied the boy firmly to one of the tough bushes. They grew nearby, and the boy was hungry and upset. By the sun, it was almost 9.30. Why'd you tie me up? Original. Actually, in the new version, it says, Jake was calling to him. That was how the gunslinger awoke. He'd tied Jake to the tough uh, bushes nearby. So, grammatical stuff, just saying, putting more nouns into sentences. But go ahead. Why'd you tie me up? <laughs> Why'd you tie me up? Uh, Jake asked indignantly as the gunslinger loosened the thick knots in the blanket. I wasn't going to run away. You did run away. Gunslinger said, <laughs> and the expression on Jake's face made him smile. I had to go out and get you. You were sleepwalking. I was? Jake looked at him suspiciously. The gunslinger nodded and suddenly produced the jawbone. He held it in front of Jake's face, and Jake flinched away from it, raising his arms. See? Jake nodded, bewildered. I have to go off now for a while. See what? This jawbone? <laughs> I well, feel he, like so much of what Roland says is so, so much of what Roland says is like enigmatic and unexplainable, and Jake is probably terrified of this man. Uh. <laughs> See? Uh, what? Okay, fine. <laughs> Look at it. Look at it. Oh, fine. I don't care. <laughs> okay, fine. I was sleepwalking. Whatever you say. <laughs> pretty much hold up anything, and, and that kid would respond that way. <laughs> exactly. Uh, in the new version, we've got uh, Jake saying, after he says, I was, he looked at him suspiciously. I never did anything like that, but 
And then Roland, uh, the gunslinger, suddenly produced the jawbone and held it in front of Jake's face. Jake flinched it away from him, grimacing and raising his arm. See? Jake nodded, bewildered. What happened? We don't have time to palaver now. I have to go off for a while. So, a couple of... We don't have time for that, yeah. Exactly. We don't have time for that now. Adding, tossed in another grimace. (laughs) More grimaces. But he threw in a grimace there. Hmm. Exactly. He's he's choosing his grimace as well. <laughs> Gotta pick and choose. If you're grimacing <laughs> all the time, then it's like, eh, whatever. Exactly. At that point, it hurts your jaw. <laughs> it's like someone with, like, resting bitch face. You're like, eh. It's like the boy crying wolf. The boy crying grimace. <laughs> Which also, the, if you smile too much, also hurts your face. Same thing. And exactly. also, if you have too many smiles, it doesn't mean anything anymore. Gotta change it up. Change it up, folks. Exactly. Exactly. So, Roland doesn't have time to talk to Jake right now. Uh, I may be gone the whole day, so listen to me, boy. It's important. If sunset comes and I'm not back, fear flashed on Jake's face. You're leaving me? The gunslinger only looked at him. No, Jake said after a moment. I guess if you were going to leave me, you already would have. That's using your head. Now listen and hear me well. I want, I want you to stay here while I'm gone. Right in camp. Don't stray, even if it seems like the best idea in the world. And if you feel strange, funny in any way, you pick up this bone and hold it in your hands. So we got a couple more changes in there. Uh, Right when Jake says, uh, no, I guess uh, in the original, instead of, I guess if you were going to, you already would have. The original just says, I guess you're not. So basically kind of, and then instead of uh, basically... A lot of that stuff with uh, Roland is added to the original. It just says, I want you to stay here while I'm gone. And if you feel strange, hold up this bone. Uh, he taught, he added in a little bit more of the that's using your head. Listen to me and hear me very well. Uh, don't stray, even if it seems like a good idea. So basically just Roland is explaining to Jake a little bit more in the new version of and also kind of. Uh, validating him in the soul, in the whole that's using your head thing. So yeah. basically just sort of connecting with Jake a little bit more in the new version than he did in the original. It's reminding me of like Gandalf talking to Pippin. Like, just don't mm-hmm. say anything at all. <laughs> very, <laughs> very better, true, yeah. Just sit, sit here and do this. And don't do that either. Or that. Or that. I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> don't touch anything. In fact, I'm going to tie you up. <laughs> right? He's tied exactly. up. Exactly. He's tied up right yeah, now. He's still tied up. He is. He has not untied. Wait, has he untied him at this point? Uh, oh yeah. No. When he says, "Why'd you tie me up?" The gunslinger loosened the thick knots of the blanket. He loosened. So him. he okay. did untie him at this point. Okay. I I was really hoping that the gunslinger wasn't just like, "All right, I'm going to leave you tied up just to be safe. If anything comes along to kill you, just yell at it. Maybe it'll run away." <laughs> You ever think of, like, you know, when you're, like, babysitting, you're like, hmm, I'm just going to tie you up. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to leave you in the car seat just to be safe. <laughs> this car's not too hot. <laughs> no, no, not in the car. <laughs> I was saying inside, near God. No, I'm not, oh, right, I'm not right, right. babysitting somebody leaving him in the car, for God's sake. Oh, no. <laughs> well, we're, we're reading Stephen King. My main, My mind is going into places. This is true. That was most of the plot of Cujo, is them just hiding out in a hot car. <laughs> uh, but no. But um, case, so he, he so. loosened his bonds. Indeed. Uh, so, Roland tells him to pick up the jawbone. Jake says, I couldn't. I just couldn't. You can. 
You may have to, especially after midday. It's important. And then, in addition here, you may feel pukey or headachey when you first lay hold of it, but that'll pass. Do you understand? Yes. And you'll do what I say. Yes. Why do you have to go away? Jake burst out. I just do. So the pukey headachey part uh, is all added in, but which I feel like, thank goodness, he's giving him at least a chance to be like, okay, here's what's going to happen when you pick up that thing. Instead of the original version, he's just like, pick it up. Don't worry about what happens. Just hold on to it as long as you can. Like, he doesn't give him any warning whatsoever. Yeah, and uh, Have yeah. we talked about the jawbone in... Uh, I mean, he picked it up in the way station because that was basically when he had that first speaking demon where that sort of gave him a little bit of information, sort of go slow past the drawers. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. I remember all that. I'm I'm saying. um, So the jawbone has, does Roland talk to Jake about it? The jawbone repels the Oracle. Correct. Why? We don't know yet. Uh, I mean, as far as Roland is concerned, that's not even a question. He, as long as it does, that's all that matters. He just had that instinct. He's like, oh, wait, I've got this jawbone. Maybe it'll work. And exactly. it did. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Chekhov's yeah, jawbone. The, gotcha. Exactly. <laughs> in later books, in later books, there will be a little bit more of a why, but I won't, I won't, I won't explain why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so so it's, <laughs> it's the, the dead jawbone of someone else. It's his own jawbone. Oh my god! Maybe <laughs> it's from it is from the uh, from inside of that. Ooh, actually, now I wonder. So the jawbone is this mystical thing that's at the way station. Aside from that whole atomic pump thing, so maybe that jawbone is actually what drew Jake there. I never considered that before. Like maybe that was sort of like that magical thing that that's made good, Jake yeah. go from dying in New York City to reappearing suddenly in the middle of the desert. Yeah, or they they all got sucked to that atomic uh, thing. I don't know. True, could be could be magic, could be science. We don't know yet. Magic is just science that's not explained yet. Or science is magic that we've explained too much. <laughs> dun 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 dun. I don't know why it's, it's all it's all your point of view. <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, so in the in the new version, Roland is much more relating to Jake. He's giving him the sort of a heads up of what it's going to feel like when he grabs this jawbone. He one of the, you know, the dated changes that he took out uh, in the original it says dig instead of do you understand, which I feel like <laughs> is one of those <laughs> which I feel like good? is Stephen King sounding very, very white <laughs> you dig? totally <laughs> uh, and then we've got this sort of back and forth of him saying you know, do you understand? Yes and will you do what I say? Yes so there's definitely much more of a dialogue going on as opposed to just Roland saying do this do you understand but why do you have to go away jake burst out so i feel like it's much more of a relationship as opposed to just him saying you do this why like yeah yeah. i feel like it's definitely kind of feels like much more of a an older father as opposed to i think in when stephen king was originally writing this like his first son had just been born or something so he was definitely kind of finding his footing whereas a if much I'm more experienced father speaking to a seven-year-old right now <laughs> yes but how old is jake yeah. do we decide is he 11 uh, 11 he's I 11, think 11. Yeah, yeah. but still if you're talking to an 11 year old right now, like, just yeah stay here at the you camp treat the, 
Yeah, you you don't just assume that they're going to do it. You have to get verbal confirmation multiple times. Well, let's let's be honest. Uh, Roland's the worst babysitter ever. Um, oh, very very true. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. I mean, eleven year old, you're you're on that level of babysitting where the kid doesn't really need somebody, but does need somebody. <laughs> exactly. It's the it's that borderline between you know he doesn't need somebody to feed him and. Whatever, but he does need somebody to keep him out of mischief. Have you gone camping, Kevin? Uh, camping, camping, no. I've gone to, like, uh, like a lake house where there was, like, a cabin. Uh, but that doesn't count as really camping. You've done the, the glamping. More or less, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, when, you, when you're in a tent in the woods, it, you get a whole new th- idea of, like, there are animals around me. And, like, let's mm. stay together. Let's, like, you know... You, you don't want people just wandering off into the woods. Exactly. <laughs> oh, no, camp is fun. Yeah. Uh, sleeping on the ground is tough, but it's, it's fine. Yeah, I feel like that would be definitely something to get used to with all the yeah. twigs and whatnot. But I feel like if you bring like some sort of a broom, you can kind of brush that away or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you find a little soft spot. and I mean, air mattresses are great and things like that. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My my hips, oi. I have two fake hips. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm headed in that direction. There are times when I'm lying down to sleep and my hips are killing me and I can barely get comfortable. <laughs> so it's a it's a genetic thing. So far we got uh, two out of five brothers who had to replace their hips. Yeah, I guess so. Well, our whole family is a genetics experiment. Exactly. Um, uh, with with eight of us, I feel like we've got a, a decent sample size with five boys, three girls. So yep. <laughs> It is very interesting. But in any case. Anyway, back to uh, yeah, Roland definitely. deciding how he's going to wander off and <laughs> setting it up with the kid in his charge. So basically, Jake's talking, uh, caught another f- the gunslinger caught another fascinating glimpse of the steel that lay under the boy's surface, as enigmatic as the story he had told about coming from a city where the buildings were so tall they actually scraped the sky. So that's all in the original. And then in the new version, we've got... It wasn't Cuthbert the boy reminded him. Uh, it wasn't Cuthbert the boy reminded him of so much as his other close friend Elaine or Alan. Yeah, depends on the pronunciation, I guess. Elaine had been so quiet, in no way prone to Bert's grandstanding quackery, and had been dependable and afraid of nothing. So, kind of showing the way that Jake reminds Roland of both of his old friends. Huh. And we just met Elaine. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I don't, I don't know if we've uh, mentioned Elaine previously. Elaine, Alan, Alan. Could be any of the three. My pronunciation is in the eye of the beholder. Let's see. And dependable and afraid of nothing. Um, okay, so uh, I'm already... The, that was not in the original? The whole Bert stuff? Yeah, the whole the whole cute Bert Elaine thing is uh, not in the original. Correct. I feel like Bert's gonna just... Um, I don't know if we're going to get this story later about what happened in the past, but uh, I feel like he's going to like cross him, go against him, and like become part of the establishment or people going against the gunslingers. And Lane here, <laughs> Lane here di- probably died, just like Jake's going to die. It's not looking good for Jake, in my opinion. Certainly not with all the foreshadowing we've got of this <laughs> sort of. Uh, uh, seeing him as this uh, saint for demons and 
whatnot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So oh, but that's interesting on. to bring back up uh, Cuthbert again. Yeah, definitely bringing back up his old friends. That as he's looking at him, he kind of thinking back on his companions that he's had in the past. Mm-hmm. Also, probably both fellow uh, gunslingers. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's true. It's interesting that in that first flashback we've got, we we meet Cuthbert uh, and see how he's kind of a jokester and all, but we don't see anybody else training with Roland. So I wonder if Alain came later on or whatnot, or maybe they, you know, but there was just a different class of gunslingers in a different castle. Who knows? Maybe he's younger, oh, but in any I case. Get, I just get so, lost sometimes uh, trying to compare the old and the new here. Sorry. I know, me too. It's like, oh, I gotta flip the page. Oh, there we go. (laughs) Particularly when there are so many passages that are different between the two, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the the gunslinger laid the jawbone carefully. That's where we're up to? Uh, mm -hmm. Yep, that's where we're at. Oh, I'll read. The gunslinger laid the jawbone carefully on the ground next to the ruins of the fire where it grinned up through the grass like some eroded fossil that had seen the light of day after a night of 5,000 years. Jake would not look at it. His face was pale and miserable. The gunslinger wondered if it would profit them for him to put the boy to sleep and question him, but he decided there would be little to gain. He knew well enough that the spirit of the stone circle was surely a demon, and very likely an oracle as well, a demon with no shape, only a kind of informed sexual glare with the eye of prophecy. He wondered sardonically if it might not be the soul of Sylvia Pittston, the giant woman whose religious huckstering had led to the final showdown in Tull, but knew it was not. The stones in the circle had been ancient, this particular demon's territory staked out long before the earliest shade of prehistory, but the gunslinger knew the forms of speaking quite well and did not think the boy would have to use the jawbone mojo. The voice and mind of the oracle would be more than occupied with him. And the gunslinger needed to know things, in spite of the risk. And the risk was high. For both Jake and himself, he needed desperately to know. That was a long one. Yeah, we got a few... (laughs) We got a few changes in there. Uh, Got some grammatical changing would not to wouldn't. uh, Changing... um, Let's see... Then decided that he would not, instead of just decided he would not, uh, but he decided he would. there, there would be little to gain. Um, he wondered, sardonically is changed to he wondered briefly. Mm. So changing almost Roland's sense of humor, going from uh, almost as though he's sarcastically saying that it might be the soul of y- yada yada, changing it just to he wondered literally if he might might be the soul of Sylvia. Yeah. Uh, yeah, kind of establishing more that Roland is a much more serious person than sardonically would imply. Um, what was the change? Briefly? Yeah, he it changed to he wondered briefly it might, if it might be the soul of. Uh, what does sardonic um, even mean? Sardonically, it definitely kind of feels like a dark sarcasm kind of sense of humor. Yeah, yeah, like dark. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. Sort of, uh, yeah, like sarcastically almost to yourself, almost. Mm-hmm. Um he wondered George Let's Carlin see. Lee. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> precisely. Uh, so then here we've got, uh, and then later on, here's a bigger change where it says, uh, but no, not her. The stones in the circle were ancient. Sylvia Pittston was a jilly come lately compared to the thing that made its den here. It was old and sly. So took out the whole prehistoric, uh, 
the, the stones of the circle had been ancient. This particular demon's territory staked out long before the earliest shade of prehistory. So in this case, it actually makes it a little bit less serious, kind of with the whole Jilly come lately thing. Yeah, yeah. Just saying, yeah, just saying it was old and sly. Then a little later, instead of just saying, but the gold gunslinger needed to know things, just says, the gunslinger needed to know things. And the risk was high, yet for Jake and himself, he desperately needed to know. And now it's time for some drugs. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Gunslinger opened his tobacco poke and pawed through it, pushing the dry strands of leaf aside until he came to a minuscule object wrapped in a fragment of white paper. He rolled it between his fingers that it would all... He rolled it between fingers that would all too soon be gone. Oh. So there's another king shadowing for you. What? Rolled it between... Yeah, rolled it between fingers that would soon be gone. So Roland's gonna lose some fingers, apparently. Oh, that that's added, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's new. So that that one's definitely some massive king shadowing Oh right my there. gosh, that's, that's a huge king shadowing because that's like such a part of his soul <laughs> exactly fingers. like when you roll something between your fingers which fingers are you using uh-huh. you're using thumb forefinger those are the most important fingers mm-hmm. he's not going to be able to use no. a gun he's not going to be able to use both guns at the same time certainly not yeah yeah oh my gosh that's a <laughs> yeah wow okay that's a big change <laughs> indeed so at some point there's going to be a major problem for roland Duchesne. Uh, so, yeah. That one you then, call an orange change, right? That one, no, that one's straight yellow. That one's a brand yellow, new edition. Yellow's edition, gotcha. Orange is change. Yeah. So he looked absently up at the sky, and then he unwrapped it and held the contents, a tiny white pill with edges that had been worn with traveling, in his hand. Jake looked at it curiously. What's that? The gunslinger uttered a short laugh. The story Cork used to tell us was that the old gods pissed over the desert and made mescaline. Jake only looked puzzled. This is a drug, the gunslinger said, but not one that puts you to sleep, one that wakes you up all the way for a little while. Like LSD? The boy agreed instantly, and then looked puzzled. What's that? I don't know, Jake said. It just popped out. I think it came from, you know, before. So, basically, we've got that king shadowing there between fingers that would all too soon be gone, and then just added in this is to this is a drug to originally it was just a drug. So, a little bit more polite, a little bit more conversation. Mm-hmm. So, the rest of this doesn't have too many changes. Um, we've this got... This is a drug. Indeed. So, basically, Jake knows what LSD is, but he doesn't consciously know what LSD is. So, it's an interesting sort of feeling that Jake is trying to repress his old life, but he still has facts that pop out out of him. Because he knows, from context, what LSD is, that it's basically like mescaline. So... Yeah. I mean, grew up in uh, the world of skyscrapers and things, so... Uh, Indeed, he, he's After from, drugs, uh, he, he knows what KISS is, so... Uh, <laughs> exactly, so it's got to be at least the early to mid-70s, I assume. So, yeah. definitely, there was the whole LSD revolution that he would have been... Well, would he have even been aware of it? Interesting. Huh. I mean, I yeah. guess it would have been... Is anybody aware of it? His parents don't seem to shelter him much. <laughs> Until you've actually experienced it, you don't really know anything, right? It seems very true. And it seems that Roland's done this before. Is this exactly? He said. Jake asks, "Will it hurt you?" Uh, Gunslinger says, "It, it never has." Conscious of the evasion, uh, Jake says, "I don't like it." Never mind. So, 
gunslinger squatted in front of the water skin, took a mouthful, swallowed the pill. He felt an immediate reaction in his mouth, overloaded with saliva. When does something happen to you? Jake asked. Not for a little while. Be quiet. So, basically, Roland is kind of getting into the zone, and Jake is like, what does it do? What, what's going to happen? Just shut up. <laughs> Why? 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 <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so, in the meantime, while he's waiting for it to kick okay, in, yeah, Roland starts is, cleaning his guns. This is also strange to me, a little bit. I don't know. It's just <laughs> the worst babysitter of all time. Worst okay, babysitter of all time. <laughs> I am going to take drugs and do... Okay, so in order... I'm trying to look at it from Roland's point of view, obviously. That's why we're sure. reading a book here. Um, <laughs> in order to commune with the oracle effectively in his mind he needs to uh have his mind opened with some mescaline indeed which i feel like makes a little bit of sense so he's not so much reacting on animalistic instinct and instead is able to let his mind fully experience the entire situation yeah is he worried about the the succubus nature of uh the oracle and maybe the, the mescaline will kind of uh, knock down his libido. <laughs> I don't know. Or pull it up. Who knows? Uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, I guess we will see what happens. I depends on what kind of power that whole libido sexual uh, effect has on this succubus. So, so mescaline is basically so. um, peyote, right? That's the whole. So far as I know, yeah, that's what I've assumed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it like that's... like peyote in pill form? Uh, yeah. Pretty much, I, I was I was doing a little bit of research on uh, mescaline. Um, the, f- the first time I ever heard of it was from um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Um, mm. Hunter S. Thompson did a lot, but but peyote's been it, it's an ancient uh, hallucinogenic, been around for you know as long as uh, indigenous people have uh, eaten parts of the cactus because that's uh, exactly. That's where it comes from. Um, and many people have used it throughout history. Uh, numerous artists. So I think John Paul Sartre, um, I don't think I'm doing peyote. Uh, uh, I forget the other ones I was looking up. But yeah, uh, I mean, it would be interesting. I never tried it, personally. I would. Yeah, me neither. Um Interesting. Yeah. If, if According given to the this, right in, situation. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I would be interested. Uh, in 1955, English politician Christopher Mayhew took part in an experiment for BBC's Panorama in which he ingested 400 milligrams of mescaline under the supervision of psychiatrist Humphrey Osmond. Though the recording was deemed too controversial and ultimately omitted from the show, he praised huh. the experience, calling it the most interesting thing I ever did. Yeah. So... There you go. Apparently it was uh, too controversial for the BBC. Uh, the thing is, it's and that's silly, because it's <laughs> it's just one of those things that has a stigma from um, society. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, to sit and have a good trip, why the hell not? You know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Particularly if it's opening your mind up all the way. Right. As long as you're under control, you know, don't be... A, yeah, exactly. Yeah, as as it said right here, he's under the uh, supervision of a psychiatrist. So you gotta, you need a, you know, somebody who's gonna be the control to like sort of help you calm down mm-hmm. when things get too too crazy. Oh, here we go. Uh, Jerry Garcia, uh, Allen Ginsberg, 
Ken Kesey, right before reading, uh, writing One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Took a bunch of, of pe- peyote. Uh, John Paul Sartre had a pretty bad uh, trip. Um, Aldous Huxley talks about it in a book of his. So, George Carlin mentions yeah. mescaline use. <laughs> Indeed, back to George Carlin. <laughs> Philip All K. of Dick. those people, I am entirely unsurprised have done uh, pe- uh, mescalinia. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Go for it, Roland. I just wish you didn't have an eleven-year-old in your care at the moment. Yeah, this isn't the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least he gave Jake some sort of a a protect a protection uh, back at the camp. Uh, and uh, thankfully, he did not actually give him a gun because also eleven. Uh, he just gives him this talismanic jawbone. Um, and so basically, he asks Jake to take his shirt off for some reason, uh, revealing a skinny stack of ribs. And that one was added from the original. Um, oh, so thankfully, Roland just uh, takes a needle and thread and sews up uh, some tears in, in his shirt. So there you go. He's, he's fixing his clothes. So that's a good thing. Uh <laughs> Wait, he's trying to get himself gussied up before he sees the oracle? No, no, no. He's 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 uh, sewing up Jake's shirt because Jake's shirt got torn. Oh, he got torn as he was being stolen away in the night? Because uh, I'm not Did we talk quite... about that? Because <laughs> but we just know that Roland woke up and had to go find him, but how did Jake get taken? <laughs> was the oracle yeah. took him? Jake seems to... Ass- I mean, Roland seems to assume that it was just... Uh, it was just the, um, what is it? That Jake was sleepwalking. So, uh, it might be a combination of the Oracle kind of reaching out to him in his dreams. Okay. So it doesn't seem like anything was physically pulling Jake away. It seems as though it was more of a, a oh, mental so Jake, Jake uh, was asleep thing. that whole time. When he yeah, was, Jake was standing by the assault and stuff. Oh, okay, I gotcha. Gunslinger produced a needle that had been threaded into the side seam of his jeans and thread from an empty cartridge loop in his gun belt. Man, that is some some tendencies right there. It's of, uh, oh yeah, uh, fastidious. He is, he is making <laughs> exactly. He is definitely making sure that he is the utmost of efficiency. He's keeping a needle and thread, both to. Uh, tie up any uh, tears in clothing, and I'm sure he's mm-hmm. probably had to uh, sew up some stitches into his skin at some point, so needle yeah, and thread totally. is very important <laughs> for a man who lives by violence. Always be prepared. That's uh, that's Rollins. Always be prepared. <laughs> so, as he finished and handed the shirt back, he felt the mask beginning to take hold. There was a tightening in his stomach uh, just outside of Barstow. Now, uh... <clears throat> And he felt all of the <laughs> muscles in his body. <laughs> I got that one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> all the muscles Where's in his body Barstow? were being cranked up That's a notch. Like, uh, Arizona? Uh, California, I think. Yeah. My, my West Coast geography is getting a little be- better, but uh, I guess between Vegas and L.A., right? Yeah, it's still, it's still in California. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he he. F- I I just wonder what it feels like. Like as I'm reading this, I'm like, oh, I wonder what this would actually feel like. Would you would you feel this uh, um, a feeling that all the muscles in his body were being cranked up a notch? That's yeah. Cool. So just sort of like an like not only your mind but your body is also being like heightened, kind of. Yep. 
and then he just says, I have to go. It's time. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's just like, uh, and we're done here, buddy. I, I need to yeah. be on my own. So he's just, it's just another autistic thing from Rollins. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. When it's time he's... to go, it, I, I'm, I am done with this conversation right now, and I'm going to walk elsewhere. <laughs> exactly. Well, to be fair, the... He only has a limited time span, which the drugs are in his system. It's the last pill of mescaline he's got, so he's got to make uh, very good use of it. Oh, yeah, totally. Well, and he's just, so. um, uh, what's the word? Uh, efficient. Exactly. Efficient <laughs> with time and efficient with objects, yeah. So, the boy half rose. Be careful, please. Remember the jawbone, the gunslinger said. He put his hand on Jake's head, and as he went by and tousled the corn-colored hair, the gesture startled him into a short laugh. Jake watched him go with a troubled smile uh, until he had gone into the willow jungle. So already he's a little bit stoned, yeah. He tousles his hair, <laughs> like, gives him a quick I'm laugh. Feeling this. Oh, yeah, you got corn-colored hair. Look how yellowish it is. Ooh, I, I gotta go, I gotta go. <laughs> Wait, then Jake watched after him with a troubled smile. Oh, boy. Like, okay. Are you gonna be okay, sir? <laughs> Mister? <laughs> Mr. Gunslinger Man? I'll stay back here as a kid. What, and what is the camp? Do they have a tent? Do they have sleeping bags? Or is it just li- him lying in an area? <laughs> I think it's just a clearing in the woods that Roland may have put a fire up at some point. And I don't oh, think they have, they fire, have very much of anything with no, they them. They don't have a tent. Yeah. or Yeah, they're just sort of sitting under a tree. Yeah, yeah. Well, is, there's but, yeah. No, no weather at this point. Have they had to deal with, like, rain? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, it's it's it seems like it's just the the increased elevation of the mountain, like you know the the runoff of snow is the only thing that's kind of greened up this area. So otherwise, they're just outside of the desert. So I don't think they've even mentioned any weather yet. Oh. I guess there's uh, yeah, the runoff of snow means there must be some precipitation high in the mountains. True. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, well, anyway. Conjecture. That is it for this week, yeah. Remember the jawbone. Remember the jawbone. Remember, remember, the jawbone of November. (laughs) (laughs) So we will be back next week. Let's see, what should we go read up until? Uh, Do you want to try and read until the end of this section, or do you want to trim it so that there's two more sections in the Oracle? Um, Maybe two. That's Considering how much we've been going into it. Do go pretty slowly through the True. paragraphs, but I guess that's that's the point. Whatever. My exactly. goal is to, to do find a podcast that you're like, this will be lots of content. <laughs> you don't want to just be like, let's talk about Star Wars in two hours and just be done with it. It's like that that would mm. suck. <laughs> let's talk about Dark Tower yeah. in like an hour. No way. Let's let's really get into it. Yeah, we want to dive in there and feel the words in our hands. Yeah. Yes. Uh, eat it by the marrow. Exactly. Yeah. Suck the marrow from the bone. Uh, mm-hmm. In that case, then let's from the split it in half. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Any, is there any marrow left in that jawbone? It's pretty pretty oh, desiccated God, no. at this that point. Is a yeah. Desiccated dead ma- jawbone. Yeah. So let's <laughs> see. We're at six. We're starting section. There's five through ten. So let's say, let's go until the end of section seven. Uh, where it says, no, uh, what is it? 
Let's see. So the gunslinger is going to say, the mountains are high. Do you think it'll be a hard climb? And then Jake says no, and they went on. That'll be our ending point for uh, next week's read. Ah, that'll be good. All right, so we're reading up until the end of section seven. So two more sections next week, and then I guess, wait, eight, nine, ten. Eh. Hmm. Yeah, whatever. Eight, nine, ten the following week, and we can always cut that in half if, uh, if we go long. We're as Kermit, as Kermit the, and Fozzie said, we're moving right along. Moving right along, exactly. <laughs> all right. So uh, well, we'll, thank you all for joining week, us here at Chapter Brothers. Uh, you can check us out online at Chapter Brothers on Facebook. And, Indeed, uh, we have a Facebook group. And we're right. uh, pushing forward with it, yeah. Yeah, why not? Let's do it, brother. All right, well, long days and pleasant nights. Love you, brother. May you have twice the number. Love you too, buddy. <laughs>